coming up, the media pitch that never was. Hello and welcome to ID.com's Media Snack, episode 84. So we will get to talking about what is possibly uh, the most bizarre media pitch that we've ever come across. That's right, but first we're going to reflect on two days in Cannes last week. Indeed, all coming up on Media Snack in just the time it takes to eat a sandwich from a well-known English supermarket. So first off, uh, we were in Cannes last week in the south of France. We were. uh, Which is the big advertising festival. Uh, called the Cannes Lions, but also called, I think, Festival of Creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been going a long time, but it's turned into a bit of a, a bit of a circus, hasn't yeah, it? With right. every, everybody stuck logos on everything, um, and uh, you know, most of the kind of big agencies, vendors, technology companies invest millions and millions of dollars creating these uh, fancy spaces and renting big yachts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had the good fortune to kind of go and speak to about half a dozen right. kind of clients, uh, big advertisers down yeah. there, which was really good. So for all of its glitz and kind of rosé drinking, uh, it's actually a, a good place where you know, a lot of clients descend, right? They're there, they're being brought by their agencies, by tech providers, and it's a good opportunity, we found, to meet a lot of clients uh, outside of the kind of office environment and have some kind of really interesting conversations. So yeah. for two and a half days, it was actually really quite productive. For it us. was, yeah. But they're conversations that we could have had somewhere else, but it's just quite nice to do them on the south of France. But they're all there, right? Yeah. So kind of all these international clients all descend on one kind of s- yeah. strip of, of the south of France. Yeah, so that's quite good. So and um, what do you think, what were the big themes? I mean, we saw some themes coming out of a lot of the conversations and questions yeah. that we were kind of being asked last week. Yeah, and that, that's what I think was so interesting from our perspective. Mm. It was very rare that, that we were having conversations about pitches uh, or about kind of agency structures. Uh, most of the conversations that we were having were reflective of a client's internal requirements operationally. Yeah. So uh, how should they look to design their own internal structures and ways of working to get the most out of media. And I, yeah. and I thought that was really insightful because it was, I think, a reflection of the influence that the ANA report had. So the ANA report 12 months ago talked yeah. about marketeers taking back control. Yeah, I think and that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. You can just see it. Because those are the questions that, that are happening now from CMOs, marketing directors, and uh, media directors responsible for implementing all this stuff, realizing that it's not a question of changing the scope of the agency mm-hmm. immediately or not changing agencies, not running pitches. They're all focused internally yeah. on the operating model, ways of working, all that kind of stuff around, around media. Yeah. Um, having got a strategy, now they want to understand how to make this all work in a new world of media where maybe you're working in, with in complex number of different agencies. Yeah, but therein lies, I think, the biggest challenge of all, right? Mm. Because uh, these really smart marketeers are going, okay, I need to organize myself better to get the most out of media. I get that, and I need yeah. to take greater control before I can begin to start thinking about how I design my agency roster. Yeah. But where do I start? Yeah. Right? Where do I begin to kind of unravel where I am now so that I can design for the future? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, so, and that's the most frequent question is, you know, so how should we be operating and where do we start? So you need a perspective. If you've been following the last seven weeks, uh, thank you, first off, um, you smart person, uh, 
But in the last seven weeks, we have looked at, kind of to mark the, the one year anniversary of the ANA's report, which we're going to stop talking about at some point, but it just, it, it's, <laughs> it's omnipresent in everything because yeah. it seems to be the source of so much of the questions that come up uh, at the moment. We've actually dug into seven different areas related to media where we think, uh, where we think there's been significant change and will continue to be change in media. Yeah. But they also happen to be the seven areas that, as a business, we, we kind of use as a framework in our advisory to marketers. Okay? And just as a quick recap, so that's transparency, talent, technology, thinking, training, terms of business and trading, media buying. So these are the seven areas. And we think those are the seven areas which, as a CMO or marketing director, you know, chief media officer or senior media executive, yeah. that's the way that you could kind of simplify the, the media landscape. Yeah. Um, and when we talk about, right, how good are we right now? What is our kind of as-is state? What's our baseline? Those are the are good seven areas to really do an assessment in, to really understand right. where we are so that you can track progress yeah. over time. And whatever framework you decide to use to establish where you are, that's where you start. You have to understand the strengths and perhaps weaknesses of your current uh, operating structure and the way that you manage media. Yeah. And then begin to identify where the easy wins are, where the greatest opportunities are for improvement. You can only do that by kind of doing a, a forensic and, uh, analysis yeah. of your current as-is position. So that's the recommendation we give. Whatever the structure, whatever the framework, understand where you currently stand, identify the key areas for improvement and then develop a roadmap to yeah. deliver against that. So one of the things that was also really uh, pleasing to hear and see in Cannes was the attention from senior marketers on media issues. Yeah. You know, media's been a big part of the conversation in Cannes for, for many years, but, but there's a lot more attention, isn't there, to, to kind of media issues, I think, now than ever before. Yeah, and the, the focus is about you know, getting the house in order first. Yeah. And once they've got that, then they can go to market and identify the right you know, marketing services solution or the right agency solution for them, but getting that structure properly uh, uh, designed internally is, yeah. is, is vital. And once they then go to market, then they go to market with an ambition for media, with a clear mandate for, uh, for driving growth through yeah. media. And that enables the agencies to kind of prepare themselves for success, if you yeah. like. So having that clear ambition enables them to be a priority within the kind of the pitch ecosystem yeah. we have. And, and, we, and we talked, I think on some episodes last year or the kind of the turn of the year, we spent a lot of time talking about exactly that, which was creating a blueprint for media. Mm -hmm. Don't go shopping for a media agency uh, you know, anymore. Define exactly how you want to work. Yeah. And then that in itself then determines the kinds of external resources that you're going to need. Yeah. Increasingly, that's a, that's a, it's a very blurred lines, right? Some, mm -hmm. People are bringing some disciplines in-house and want to work with external agencies in different ways. So that allows you then to set the scope of external yeah. uh, agencies or help that you need, and only then do you then go to pitch. That's right. In theory. In theory. But then there are some examples, David, yeah. of some advertisers who do seem to launch pitches driven by perhaps an opportunity to save money solely without necessarily a strategic ambition. Yeah. Uh, and get themselves in a little bit of a muddle. Well, and, and you know, you're, you're uh, referring to Sainsbury's. I am, yes. Okay, so uh, Sainsbury's, it has been announced today, have reversed their decision 
uh, and will no longer be working with M6, mm -hmm. the agency that won the recent pitch, but will yeah. actually be going back to PhD, yeah. their old incumbent that had the relationship for about 20 years. Yeah. So, I mean, this is just the most astonishing story of a failed pitch that I could yeah. ever possibly imagine. Yeah, it's a weird one. And for, uh, if, you know, if you hadn't heard us talk about this before, Sainsbury's is a, a large uh, supermarket retail grocer in the UK, one of the largest, uh, you know, massive, massive business, have been with PhD, their media agency, as you said, for you know, a generation. Uh, and it's one of those relationships between agency and client that everybody thought was kind of beyond question because culturally so aligned, PhD, you know, Kind of you know reflected in the glow of a great culture mm. at Sainsbury's and vice versa, and they'd grown together and all these kind of things. Uh, you know, and it was very close. AM, AMV, the creative agency, had done Sainsbury's creative for years and years and years, and so it was very very close, good trusting relationship. And then last year, Sainsbury's announced that they were uh, not only did they not announce the pitch, they just basically went always back to front and just announced the winner. I think having not really run much of a process. Um, so the suspicion, also, you know, the expectation there was that that was a, a really a big commercial offer yeah. from from a WPP agency. That's right. But the backdrop to this, uh, and perhaps to provide you know some some uh, theory behind that as a process, mm. is that uh, Sainsbury's had recently purchased uh, Home Base Group, Home Retail Group, Home Retail Group, yeah. and so uh, you know. Cumulatively, they had then a spend of over 150 million pounds, mm -hmm. and as we as we know, with a lot of kind of mergers, there is an immediate desire to realise some synergy savings. Yeah. So perhaps the, the the reason for conducting such a, a swift review was to realise some of those uh, value improvements or hard savings yeah. to kind of mitigate against some of the cost of of the, the, exactly. the, the which we see it, which we see a lot. I mean, and you can see, you know, when big mergers happen. It's quite predictable yeah. that there's going to be often a very quick media pitch because it's got to find cost efficiencies of the of the merge or the acquisition, and they've got to kind of deliver some value to shareholders. Um, and it's a shame when they rush to market like that. That's always a shame. We often get consulted in those in those in those moments um, when we can feel that there's a rush to market. We often like decline because we know it's going to become a race to the bottom on yeah. cost. Uh, and, it, and going back, you know, the client hasn't, or the advertiser hasn't got their own internal house in order. Yeah. And the last few years, we've just seen a whole number of these, where the internal operating model, the structure, the actual requirements of a media agency have not been defined at all. Yeah. But yet they've gone out and put, you know, 100 million, 200 million, a billion dollars worth of media billings out for pitch, purely on price. Right. And this is, looks like... Uh, it was one of those, but this time it's backfired yeah. because the losing agency, given you know a testament to the strength of their relationship with Sainsbury's management, uh, actually launched a, a formal appeal process to the board of Sainsbury's, um, you know having lost the business, and after some consideration, some months consideration, which must have been incredibly awkward That's as right. they stood around going, pretending yeah. to be friends, yeah. four months, four yeah. months, yeah. Um, still working together, so the. Sainsbury's didn't move the account. Yeah. Having appointed Group M, having Group M announced the win, having WPP announced the win in their Q1 earnings report. Yeah. You're making it worse by just going through the facts. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's a, it's, a, yeah. it's, it's, it's a difficult situation. Then the business never moved. Yeah. 
PhD continued to work on it having known that they thought that they'd lost it because it was subject to, to review. Uh, and now it's kind of been awarded back to PhD having never left. And the, the tragedy of that is that what was a beautiful relationship, and that's something that many people around the industry kind of looked to as, as being really indicative of a deep, invested, trusting relationship between client and yeah. an agency, uh, you know, has been possibly irreparably damaged yeah. because how much, how invested a PhD going to feel well, in a client who took the business yeah. away from them on, on a whim? Yeah. So, yeah. but I, I hope because of that legacy relationship, because of the depth of of trust once upon a time between the two, that it will allow them to perhaps move on quite quickly mm. from this. But I mean, who knows? Uh, but it's a, I think you know, at the very least, it's an example of of what can go wrong when you kind of rush to market with yeah. a process that perhaps is ill-considered and, 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 and flawed. Um, exactly. Uh, so you've heard us say a hundred times, prepare, if you're gonna pitch media, prepare, get some advice, uh, do it properly, um, and involve your stakeholders yeah. uh, throughout the business. Okay, uh, on that happy note, that's all for this week. Thank you very much for watching, bye for now. Have a good weekend.